Hi everyone and welcome to episode 202 of the Mighty Whites podcast. Three in a row would have been too good to be true, but it's still Jack and joined by Casey. Hello. Um, we may as well get straight into it. We'll probably briefly talk about how shit the Everton game was in a bit. But, I mean, it's a shame because we've announced a new manager and straight away you see the negativity all over Twitter and I've seen people really getting on at him saying he's not the Messiah. Well, I say he is the Messiah and I should know. I've followed a few. Um, but in all seriousness, people seem relatively happy with the appointment of Javi Gracia as a... What the hell is KC doing? He's getting his copyright claimed, the useless bastard. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Amazon coming after us now, but not for using their football footage. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Javi Gracia, what's your immediate thoughts? He is a manager. He is. <laughs> with He's got a history of managing football teams. Yeah, and I think controversially that is a good thing for us at this point <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, who should it be well someone <laughs> yeah. yeah now don't get me wrong i am glad to see that scoobs is staying at the club he seems nice he's quite he's, he seems relatively highly rated as a coach but like he should never have ended up in that position he got at uh, the first two games he got one more point than i expected but they once they saw that everton game it doesn't matter how useless they are at board level. They couldn't let that go on. No, we, we had to go out and get an actual football manager because the the back-to-back games where I think we all said we need a minimum of four points, which is now mathematically impossible unless I believe we win by eight or more clear goals and we get the one-point bonus. Yeah, it doesn't come up very often, that rule, but it is no. definitely a rule, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's not looking great for us getting four points from Everton and Southampton right now. It's not looking great for three. No, not at the minute. Um, or one. Yeah, we've... I mean, I suppose most relevant for... I mean, he's had a, he's had a much longer managerial career than I really realised, but most relevant is Watford just with it being in the Premier League. Um, took over from Marco Silva halfway through 2017-18. And that was after... They, they started. They had a really good start under Marco Silva and dropped off a cliff after he... He basically tried to walk out and get the Everton job, didn't he? Mm. And it, they all fell out and it all went to pot. But he took over in mid-table. He finished 14th, which is lower than the world when we took over, but he's fine. And then 2018-19, 11th, 50 points, and got to an FA Cup final. Which, you know, if you're Watford, even though when you look at that Watford squad, it was a bit better than a lot of Watford squads, that is still a really good achievement. And when you listen to Watford fans talk about him, he's still incredibly popular there. I mean, the term best since Graham Taylor gets thrown about. And they've had... At least Lots of managers. At least 50 managers in that time. Um, I mean, he got sacked after four games of 2019-20, which is the season they went down, and that's the season we had four managers. Or is it him, mm. Kike Sanchez-Flores, Nigel Pearson, and someone else? Ranieri. Was that that season? Um, I think so. I, I don't know so. 
Ranieri uh, was no, that's two. the season now. Oh, I've got it here. Garcia, no, Ranieri Ranieri's last season. Yeah. Uh, Gracia, Sanchez Flores, Nigel Pearson, and Hayden Mullins. Yeah, well, you know when we show concern about a succession plan, mm. and it very much feels like there isn't one. Yeah. Watford. Yeah, I suppose Watford's just sack them and just hire someone else. It worked for about four years, didn't it? Might have even been it, longer than it that. It works in the championship. To be honest, it even worked in the Premier League until it didn't. <laughs> and then when it didn't, it really didn't. But like I reckon that, that that Watford record, if we were eighth, I'd look at that Watford record and think, oh, I don't know, I couldn't really call that a great... But in the position we're in, I can't help but look at that and think, well, that's... If he did... He did like a... If he did his average, points-wise, that might be enough. And uh, Ali has a point here that he... I, I can't decide whether you need to trim your moustache or have a tattoo of Dougal from the Magic Roundabout on each side of your top lip. It's a fair point. It does need trimming, but I've, I just can't be asked. Uh, <laughs> we... um. When I look at Gracia's record, I think he's probably got enough to give us a chance. And I think if we kept going the way we were, I didn't give us a chance. No. Um, Scoop's Scoob's thing, I suppose, has been that the what, you know, especially before the two scum games was, he's not going to change a right lot. Um, was to keep it, you know, keep it fairly simple, um, and it, and it worked to an extent in as much as we got a point from it, and we were competitive in both games. Mm. Um, it did not work against Everton. That on, Everton on, game on, on any level, there was nothing that worked in that game. Um, you know, when our best chance was Patrick Bamford passing it wide or Crescentio Somerville not. Been able to get over a header. Yeah, it was. Well, I mean, we said it when watching the game, and everyone said it. Everton weren't really any good in that game, and they were miles better than us. And we, how you can play? I, I know that it's a way, but Everton are a bad side. To not have a single shot on target is abysmal. You you just can't do things like that. Um, yeah, it, it it was a horrendous performance with I'm trying to think what the redeeming qualities of it were. I don't remember. I've actually got a thing in the notes here. We'll start we'll just see where we end up because we're Junior, time to write. Junior Furpo was fine. Yeah. I've got was there a single redeeming feature in the performance and I'm not sure there is. Because I came away from it saying I think Furpo was about his best player, but you know, that's with maybe a generous six out of ten. And once they, they were clearly briefing the press because they were all talking about it, going, oh, their preference is to have Skabala till the end of the season and go from there. But a performance like that is going to change your mind, no matter what your plans are. I, in thinking about it, because I'm listening to the Phil Hay show earlier today as well, I was thinking about what, what, actually is left over in terms of the playing style from Bielsa. 
and and outside of a high press, which didn't really come into play all too much against Everton either. And we may well be about to lose. Yeah. Based, based on his previous, he's not particularly big on... Well, to, to be honest, if, if you look at most of our best performances this season have been against teams that dominate us in possession, mm. we, like, at that point, you, you kind of have to reconsider things and, and think, well, do we not set up a, as a, a low or mid-block team? And try and counter when there are fewer bodies to play around because if there are midfielders in the way, ooh, yeah. we really struggle to play a pass. But if the midfielders are upfield and not in the way, we have a slightly better chance of completing those passes. Yeah, I'm um I don't know how obviously I haven't had a I mean I'm not the person to do the deep dive anyway. There's cleverer people that than me for that but because i've been at work all day i haven't looked into much at all but the things that i do remember from his time there was that his team was quite patient in possession and seemed a lot better at keeping hold of the ball than we have been which admittedly isn't saying a lot um and a thing that i would quite like to see given our lack of goals and well no not so much lack of goals but lack of creativity recently uh, he pretty much always played two up front. One of the forwards might be a bit more withdrawn, like playing off as it was then Troy Deeney, and for us, you would assume, would be off Patrick Bamford. But I would quite like to see that. The uh, the wingers... So he did sometimes play without an outwit. He sometimes played them with a bit... You know, had them come a bit more inside. Like, you'd get players like... Uh, like Will Hughes playing there. I think he might have even used Abdullah Kale there as well at times. But the uh they it, it it very much wouldn't be my number one pick, it wouldn't be my number one style of football. But the more I thought about this uh this appointment, the happier I've got with it. Hmm. Go on then, tell us why. Uh, just because when I first when I first heard of it, it was a little bit uninspiring. But I just the longer that I've thought about it, the more I'll tell you what a lot of it was. A lot of it was seeing Watford fans talk about it. Watford fans have just sort of talked him up to me enough that I thought pretty much everyone that gets sacked, like it's not all, but nearly all, you come away with a some form of negative opinion about them, at least to an extent. And Watford fans just do not seem to have that. They seem really... But it's about the happiest I've been in 25 years. His... The Al-Sad stuff I'm not going to worry about because he's got... Yeah, they battered everyone, but he took over from Xavi and they've got the most money in the league. Valencia went mate, badly. Don't, mate, don't take that 72% win percentage away from him. That's what I'm hanging on to. Yeah. Um, Valencia went really badly. But... They're a fucking basket case of a club at the minute and have been for years. His Watford record's okay. Ruben Kazan wasn't great. By all accounts, that Malaga record, he took him over like bottom at league after all their massive financial trouble and did pretty well. So his record seems like he's solid and we kind of need some solid. I mean, I, I look back to his time at uh, Olympiacos. Brilliant. 
75% win rate. Three wins in a draw. I I am inspired. Is that even Olympiakos? It is. Oh, like because it said Olympiakos Volos, and I didn't know if that's the actual one or not. Yeah. Um uh, they've got a two two and a half thousand capacity stadium, so I don't think that's them, mate. Oh, is it like the B team or something? Yeah, I think it might be the B team. Oh, brilliant. Still. Yeah. Um but yeah, so um obviously I'm I am not delighted, but I am at the very least I'm content. I'm content to hopeful. I and think. when will that change on Saturday? 3.14 p.m. when uh, James Ward-Prowse smashes in a free kick. I know we say We're... this a lot, but I've watched the highlights of, of, of them against Chelsea. And all I could think is, from there, at that side of the box, would you not put a man on the post? Because it went inside that post. And from that distance, you're not chipping a ball in. There is not the di- there is not the time to get it up and down quick enough that a defense couldn't react to it. Yeah. And I'm sure any professional football coach who is willing to come on here to tell me will tell me why you shouldn't do this. Nearly always the argument about men on the post is you play everyone on side. But it's James Ward Prowse. He is absolutely <laughs> shooting like he is absolutely shooting. Yeah. And it went mid-height inside the post. Like, it, well, it's a good free kick when there's not a man there. That It's not to take away from James Ward-Prowse. But if, you know, if Jamie Shackleton stood on the post, it would have hit him in the chest. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe we'll learn from it. More likely, we won't. Um, so... Sort of how I before the Everton game I had his 18th. After the Everton game, I was miserable and I had his 20th. <laughs> I am now back to 18th, but with a bit more hope than I had before the Everton game. This appointment, so what does it do for you? And as it goes, just a bit of timing. Uh Connie sends his apologies that he couldn't make it, and he says that he's got a 16th now. Now, Connie is admittedly always a bit more optimistic than me. <laughs> I, I, st- I still think we'll go down. I, I look at the fixtures, and I, it's also probably to do with who we still have left to play. Um, you know, we've still got a lot of the big teams. I mean, admittedly, with us fifteen games left, we've basically got half the league left to play. Mm. But it, it really doesn't help when we've had a couple of weekends now where all the results around us have gone the wrong way. And you know how there were some fans that were paranoid about like Fulham catching us that first year back in the Premier League and that we were going to get sucked into a relegation battle yeah. despite the solid cushion that we had in there. Uh, Wolves and Bournemouth and Everton and Le- they're just going to win every game between <laughs> now and the end of the season and we will be cast adrift I mean 
that the that's our main that's one of the main hopes in it. You just have to hope everyone else is shit too. Um, I was just gonna look. I was just having a look at their squad for season that they did well, and I'm looking at it and thinking, no, it's a real achievement. Like their centre back pairing for most of that season, in fact, nearly all is Craig Kafka and Adrian Mariapa. Hmm. Like I know our defence has not been any good either, but like that isn't great. Uh right back Jan Matt or that Adam Messina, both okay, but no uh kick kickoff for many uh, Messina was a left back one for many a right back and that Jose Holobas, Christian Cabaselli played a bit. Um they had Abdullah Curry and Etienne Kapoor went middle of midfield. That's pretty good. Um, but not like amazing. And then up top, Troy Deeney, Isaac, uh, Isaac Success, Andre Greer, Gerard Delefeu. They're like your four. I would argue that our forward options are probably as good as that. At least. If they stay fit. Um, if you're going to up front now, do. Do you see us going with with Ruter more in the next few weeks, or do you think he might have seen? I suppose if you're not looking for for a high press, Jack Harrison's probably not as likely an option. Um, it depends because if he plays a four four two, I would think based on what he's seen, he'd probably be thinking Bamford up with Nonto. Would probably mm. be a best bet because you Nonto is a good left winger. I'm not sure that he'd be as good if he's more of a left midfielder. So then Harrison in that role would make more sense, you would think. Um, but we'd we'd have to see. I'm really not sure what to think with it, really. Um the the I mean the defense you'd think would remain roughly the same. Uh I, his full backs at Watford were quite attacking and really pushed on. So you would think Ailing and Furpo would suit unless Christensen hits some form once under a new manager. Um Yes, I suppose I suppose in, in the short term it depends on on Verber and his availability this weekend as well. Yeah, we'll have to see with that. I mean it'll be a lot we'll find out on Thursday, because in theory that then you'll have a press conference and we might be able to hear something from him and hear what he's thinking. Uh it'll be interesting. Uh, it, is another one much like Marsh, where in theory that formation where he t- tucks his midfielders in, in theory it suits Brendan Aronson. But we'll have to see if he can hit some form. It was good to see him score a goal for the 21s last night. I was glad to see us stick a couple of people in that needed minutes, him and Ruta and Greenwood played 45 as well uh, in 2-1 win. Uh, I really, really hope that that will kick on. But yeah, it's a, it's a confusing time to... Think about Leeds because as I say, I'm content with the appointment, but I don't, I'm certainly not excited. No, I, th- I think, and I think the issue was as well when we were chasing people like Iraola, where you were like, no, that that makes sense as a, as a follow on from certainly the Bielsa stylings, at least. You were like, oh, that's that's you know, quite exciting that we, we might be taking a step back more towards what it was. Mm. Um, I suppose this is a step towards what something that we just need. 
Yeah, and I suppose that's the term. They've signed him on, the quote was a flexible contract, which I'm assuming is a way of saying till the end of the season, but with an option. Like, that's what you'd have to assume it would be in this situation. Um, yeah, I suppose it's an odd thing where I do feel like with him, the option, unlike with McKenney, it seems more like the option might be if we go down, he he might be more likely to stay because we can't get our other targets. Whereas if we stay up, then you'd think, oh, well, maybe there'll be an attempt to, to go in for your Iola again. Uh, yeah, lots. you would think... Oh, it's, a, it's an odd one that he... like, And it's if we go down, unless he does something so insanely stupid in these 15 games... You, you can't really blame him for it. No, that is one thing. It is uh, a bit of a free hit for him, even if it means everything to us and everything to the players. For, and I'm sure that he will get care like mad. But in terms of his reputation, it's a bit of a free hit. It's like when... Well, that's how Marco Silva first did well in England, wasn't it? He took that whole job when they were down mm. and did really well. And they still went down. But they looked immediately miles better, and that got him going. Uh, Jess Milton's left a comment here saying, do we know what type of process are we going to to get to know and assess for players as quickly as possible? I don't know specifically, but I know that it was in the Athletics article that Phil Hay wrote, that they were very impressed, not just with his presentation about Leeds, but that he sort of had a presentation ready about Southampton ahead of this game. Uh, so I, I think at this level everyone's prepped, but it sounds like uh, I also read a lot that he had. He was very big on his preparation, presentations, data analysis. Uh, not in the same way Bielsa is to the extent that it's a bit of an obsession, Mate, but probably we, we do, a level we do below that. analysis as well. Yeah, it sounds like he was a bit. It sounds like I, he's quite he's quite well prepped. Yeah, I suppose that's what what you want, especially when it's going to be a quick turnaround at this point. Because I, I I know they said they'd had discussions two weeks ago but yeah. clearly it was a very brief discussion and then they're gone mm. I, I, I'm assuming that it was well he's not really the guy we want so we will see what this uh, Scoobs thing does oh it's not worked quick 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 Yeah, well, get happy on the blower <laughs> That was one of the other things in the article that they contact. He was he was contacted within twenty four hours of the uh, Everton game, I believe. And it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he was called seventy minutes into the Everton game. <laughs> to be honest, uh, I think. Sent him a I text mean, to say we will call you in half an hour. Well, let's be right. Radrizani is always on his fucking phone anyway. <laughs> like you know when he shouldn't be. So he might well have called him just, you know, Ilan Melier goes wandering off six yards out of his goal and he rings him straight away going, right. And do you, do you happen to have a goalkeeping coach to happen as well? Oh, um, the markers are bad. Mate, it's in his name, bad. Uh, the, <laughs> that, that's pretty much the only thing about the Everton game we haven't talked about. Look, obviously, jokes aside, Melier is an excellent young goalkeeper. He will keep getting better. I am very glad he's here. I hope he's number one for the next decade. That was fucking shite. That... Yeah, there the doesn't <laughs> seem to be a moment when he really checks his right-hand side. Yeah, because there is no one in the box. 
There's no one no. on Coleman. And, and at this point, I, you know, watching the replay, it probably happens a little early than, than you'd expect it, but Coleman looks up and sees there's no one there. Yeah. He certainly sees that. Um, it, it's... And and the one thing is, I, I know it gives him a lot of room. Hitting that with the inside of, with the inside of the foot, and that is an excellent finish from him. It's a it's a good bit, and I do it, think he meant it for what it's worth. Like it's, it's an excellent finish, it but it's something that should be saved. Yeah, I don't care how good a finish it is. The only potential way to score from there, where it's not a, where it's not crap keeping really. Is if it's a sort of Van Basten volley where it's right over and dipping into the far corner. You mean Rodrigo's goal against Scum last year? Yes, that was a great example of that sort of finish where you just catch the keeper slightly towards his near post and deliberately lob him into the far corner. Yeah. If it goes past it, if it goes past it chest height, it's shit goalkeeping. Yeah. Um. You. Yeah, I'm a. I think that the it's calmed down a little bit. I did put out a poll on our Twitter just because they said that there was two names on the shortlist. And TalkSport, admittedly, this isn't saying much. Their sources were saying that Benitez was interested in the job. And it did appear that a lot more people wanted Benitez than Gracia. Which does make me... If it was true that Benitez was in, why do you think the club's still gone Gracia? Do you think it's just because Benitez would cost a lot more? Yeah, I, I assume to get someone like Benitez in on a short-term deal, it would be a very expensive outlay. Um, now, for what it's worth, and it's very easy to say because, well, it's not my money, bollocks, whatever it costs to keep us in the Premier League at this point, it's probably just about worth it. But, oh, yeah. Um. And, and and again, what you're getting in Benitez is is a man who has, has spent a lot of time in the Premier League, has has you know spent time not just doing well with Liverpool and winning the Champions League, but also you know kept Newcastle in the Premier League and well, and carried them. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say technically he did take them down the first time, but he was on a hiding to nothing, I believe at yeah. that point. Um. So, so I, I suppose when you compare that to Gracia's experience in management, that you know, the, there's a reason why you could see why he would charge a lot more. But, um, like now, if if you ask me which I prefer, I, eh, it's probably as good as it gets. Like, just yeah, I know, I know, I joked about it at the, at the beginning, but it just had to be someone. Yeah, that, there is Redknapp. a lot of that. Not Harry Redknapp. As, I do want to clarify that. Yeah, I've said I uh, I would never have wanted Redknapp in a million years, but I would have quite liked there to be a day where it sort of actually looked like happening just to watch your head explode. Oh, God. I, d- um, I, did, I did make the joke to someone today of because uh, he said he'd offered to do it for free. And, and I did ask the question, is that for tax purposes? Yeah, because, you know, he's just quite sensible with his accounting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Him and his dog. Yeah. If I... Uh, I, I, I thought... I, I was thinking of a joke then, but that was not his wife. That was Jamie's. 
Paul Louise. Yeah. No, actually, she'll be very rich. Um, yeah. So, on to this weekend, I suppose. It is really hard to know what we're going to do. And it's sort of hard to know what Southampton are going to do. Because obviously they've come in, they've got their... I can't remember what the name of the assistant is that did it, that's taken over. Um, but they've won that game. You know, very much, you know, backs at wall, 30% at ball, that sort of thing. Even if they were able to create stuff on the break, you would think that it's a completely different situation against us. So I'm not really sure what they're going to play either. I um, I mean, I can be relatively sure that they, after where they played, will play that Paul on a watch over a big lad from Genk and play off him. But whether that'll be with a three in midfield or a two, I have no idea. Uh, Ruben Sellers, that's his name, isn't it? Um, but yeah, they've... I, ju- I really just don't know what to think in this. What is the main thing that you want to see from us in this game? Um, well, a, win. a win, obviously, but sort of... <laughs> after after the Everton game, we, we have to have some sort of constant attacking threat for a period of time. I, th- I think to at home against bottom of the league, you've got to take the game to them. And I know we've had... You know, the, the Forest game where Sinistera had some good chances in that game. And at least probably should have scored. But I, I still wouldn't go as far as to say too many clear-cut chances. And especially when you take the second half into consideration where that just disappeared. Yeah. Um, we, we need to, you know, we need to attack. And we need to cause them problems and actually create chances. Yeah, I'm dying to see us just be able to pass the ball. Just keep it, just to keep hold of it for a bit. The amount of panic in that Everton game. Every time they got it, it was it wasn't kick and rush, because kick and rush is at least a plan. It was just, I've got the ball, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Ah, forward. There was no cognitive thought at all on displaying that. It was such a shit performance. Like, it really was bad. If, if and you remember... It, God, I hope Matt Rock is fit. I really hope Matt Rock is fit to actually get his foot on the ball. I mean, if, if you remember uh, with Pep at Barcelona, the the plan was, what, if you if you lose the ball to, to recover it within seven seconds. Mm. And for us, it's when we get the ball to get rid of it within five yeah, it does seem a bit like that, doesn't it? We um we were so poor. So I'm dying for us to have some semblance of build up and possession. I don't it doesn't need to when we're on the ball, look, if there's a chance to break, yes, go quickly. But if Southampton do sit in a bit, which I think they probably will, keeping the ball and moving it around on the edge of their box and trying to move them, especially their midfield as much as if we can move them about a bit. Because like, for as good as he is, Ward Prowse is not quick. Like, if we can move, if they've got him and that Lavia in midfield, Lavia looks really good, but he's still an eighteen-year-old kid. If you can get at that midfield, you can really do something. And 
if we can get him, I'd quite like to see his play of a three in midfield, but I don't think he will if he's going to play a two up top. Yeah, like it's weird because obviously Southampton probably will press, a, they'll press enough because they've been doing it for five years. But I think that the defensive line won't be particularly high. So I think winning that midfield battle, especially if it's 2v2, if it's like Ward Price and Lavia versus, I can't see Rocker being fit. So against Adams and McKenna, you'd think that 2v2 battle is going to be massive, I think. And if we can just get us foot on the ball and actually keep hold of it, Southampton, despite winning at Stamford Bridge, are still not a good side. Yeah, I mean, looking at their, especially their back line, um, you know, what, what is it? Maitland-Nile, this is off off of uh, last weekend's games. Maitland-Niles, Perro. I forgot Maitland-Niles was there. And uh, Bella Kocha. Mm. And that was, Kyle Walker-Peters was on the bench. So I don't know if what? that's a fitness thing or... Um, or just dropped. Or if, yeah, if he's just been dropped. Um, I think a Walcott came on as well. I did notice. Yeah. Did notice that. Still, yeah. uh, still plugging away. Yeah, we've had a message off Ali just saying that he wants to see some solidity and some decent balls into the box, and that one's a really good point because some the balls in we were putting in, other than that one decent corner that Greenwood took, were pretty consistently bad. And yeah, going hard and low instead instead of where Giants at the backs have the advantage. If it's to Bamford, I suppose you could. If if Bamford gets onto like. If it's Bednarek and Bellacotch, Bamford might be able to win some of them. But yeah, if we can get men attacking, you you do want some low crosses. By the way, uh, Ali there misspelling the word clarity. Oh yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. If there's no such thing as solidity, it's all clarity. If there's no such thing as crosses, it's just clarity. Um, <laughs> there was that really, there was that really frustrating moment with Bamford when there was that ball played into the penalty area and. He swung his left foot at it, even though it was absolutely a right-footed shot all day. And she could, please, please, just try. Yeah, just swing it. Um, yeah, we have nothing. I'm just trying to think, do you think there's any major... It, it's, it's weird after a performance that shit, because after a performance that shit, there's a bit of you wanting to change everything. But do you think that there really will be much? I mean, hopefully, one of... Uh, one of like Cooper, or at least one of Cooper or Verb is going to be fit. By the way, that was a bit of a nail for me in the Scabala thing. Mm. Why was Cooper? If Cooper wasn't fit enough to play a half, he shouldn't have been on the bench. Because when Verba went off injured and we brought on Christensen and moved Ailey into centre back in a two, which he's never been any good at, that was a really silly thing to do. Yeah. Um, I can't really see much change to what we're doing. I mean, what when you realistically look at the changes we can make, and, and yeah, there's there's a couple might be allowed due to to fitness, but um, you know, it, it, it's realistically does does Aronson get in for Somerville? That's the one I was thinking based on. Based on what I've read, the bit and admittedly, I know it isn't much, but based on the bits I've read about him tactically, because I think we'll go to a two and we might end up with a little bit of a boxy midfield, I think that he might 
bring in Amundsen. Mm. And then there's there's do do you bring Ruter in and you have probably more physical presence up front than you would do if you had Bamford and Nonto. And I'm not not to say that Ruter is a particularly physical presence, but he is bigger than Nonto. Yeah, um, I would. There's a not, little bit of not that. sturdy as Nonto, though. I don't think. Yeah, there's a bit of that where my decision might have been swayed if I'd have actually had a chance to watch the 21s game. If that 45 minutes Ruta was really good, but I think that someone would have mentioned it on Twitter if it had been really good. The standout names that everyone talked about, even though Aronson scored, were Sam Greenwood when he came on and JB again. Um, so I, I think it will be Nonto up top. Uh, with with Bamford, if he plays that, if he if he does stick with a one, I mean he has done it before, but not particularly recently. Then I still, yeah, I still think he'll end up Harrison on the left because he's a bit more traditional. I don't think he'll want him in the middle, in the way that we have been doing. Um, before we hired Gracia, how was your confidence level for Southampton, and how is it now? It is slightly higher, and I'm hoping that the players do get a genuine lift from kind of seeing a you know a solution to to what has happened in in the last few weeks now. Because I, I think it must be hard when for them when the the plan is clearly that, oh yeah you know Scubal is going to take charge for a couple of games while we find someone to. Well, we're going to see if this will work because because the lads like him and we've put in a couple of decent performances, so we'll we'll give it a bit of a go to. Oh, we've just lost against one of our main relegation rivals. We absolutely need someone in. Yeah. So, and as much as I hate to say this word in this context, I think the players do need a bit of clarity on that front. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm... You know, it's all about clarity in moments and that moment being when he turned up at Thorpe Arch. Yeah, I... The... My other worry about the game is we have to start this well. I think... The problem, problem is when we start games well, we, should, we, we typically concede shortly after. Yeah, true. So with the high... Just hiring a manager, it's not specifically hiring Glacier. Hiring a manager has bought the board 45 minutes of actual football. Because I think if we'd have been shit for 20 minutes, for 15 minutes against Southampton and nil-nil, I think the crowd would have been turning mm. if Skabala's in the dugout. And it wouldn't have turned on Skabala. It's not his fault. With this, if we're 2-0 down, then yeah, it'll turn anyway. But if we're nil-nil and it's an hour, the the fans with a new manager in the dugout will probably stick with them and they're going to need that. Ali, we know you meant, we know you meant still to see he was taking the piss out of Jesse Marsh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, that, and that could prove big because you, as much as it's or as much as it should not come down to shit like this and it's proper football man talk, they're gonna need the fans fully behind them in this one. Cause I am terrified of what that crowd could turn into if we lose this game. 
it might oh, turn okay. in a way it might turn in a way that you can't come back from in a season. Yeah. Uh I, I, I do wonder with stuff like this whether like I think you like do you think Alter will be there? Oh, he'll be there. He's got way too much ego to slip away. He's he's not just going to be there. If we win, he'll jump up and like say "fuck you all." I told you, I'm brilliant. <laughs> I that's one of the things I found really frustrating, that, and especially these last few weeks. But you know, again, since the Bournemouth game, of I was never that against Victor Orta. Like that, yeah, there have been poor signings. There's also been brilliant signings and, and everyone in between. Um, but Christ, when there's when you've taken the piss out of the fans for what they're chanting and then you've not won a game since then, you really do come off as a bit of a prick. Yeah, I'm relatively sure that living Johnny Cooper, we are now the only team in the top six tiers of English football that hasn't won since then. Brilliant. Yep, outstanding stuff. So um it was all we... well it was all well and good up until Liverpool started winning again because before then before that Liverpool had a point less than us in uh, in 2023. Yeah. Fortunately they've got like a really good coach and a lot of really good players so it probably turned around. But now we've got a really good coach, right? Definitely. Nailed on. Going to get 45 points and be absolutely fine. We have a coach uh, and we will probably put bets on Twitter later in the week because um, nothing is, there's no specials or hope that's interesting at this point. And the only thing that looks value is Southampton to win. And I'm refusing to say that <laughs> for my bet. So we'll see that later in the week. But what is your prediction for the Southampton game? Uh, I'd... Apropos of completely nothing storming 3-0 win. Yeah, I'm going 2-1 win. I would never... If it, if I take out that it's Leeds, I always assume new manager bounce is an actual thing. I always would go for it. And I just can't countenance the possibility that we don't win this. Because if we don't win this, make no mistakes about it, if we don't win this, we're down as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, like, I just don't see how we get out of it without winning this game. We might not get out of it if we do win this game, but if we don't win this game, I have I don't see how we can possibly get out of it. Uh, like this, is what Ali said here. I think eighteen more points is a possibility if Glassier can sort the defence. That only puts us on thirty-seven. For what it's worth, looking at the teams at the bottom, I think thirty-seven would be enough. But I can't see a world we get like eighteen points if three of them aren't on Saturday. Yeah, like you, you, you're literally playing. The, the the weakest the worst team in the division. Yeah, you have to win this. And if we if we, we can't stay up and only pick up one or two points against the worst team in the division, like you, it's it's shit like that that makes you potentially become the worst team in the division. Yeah, and there is a real chance that we might be. I mean, we we have won four games this season. I suppose you you might be able to get away with winning four more, provided you draw a lot. And admittedly, looking at Gracia's record, he does draw a lot. 
realistically, we've got we've got to win our home games against the teams in the bottom half and draw against them away from home. And I don't think you're massively far off at that point. Um, but I mean, like that's the thing. If we win four more, that's only thirty-one points. So you would need to draw a further six or seven. So you probably need minimum five wins, and you might need to, you might need six. Yeah, don't. Like I said, there's fifteen games to go. Um, there are absolutely you can't account for. For certain results, obviously, like we, you know, the point against Newcastle and stuff like that. But there are definitely games you look through in the future and just think, you know, we we need to be winning those. You know, at home we've still got to play Southampton, Palace, Leicester. Uh, are probably three teams we should we you know we need to beat at home. Yeah. On top of that, there'll be and and the league table will move around a bit. We've still got to play Bournemouth. Uh, we've still got to, you know, we'll play West Ham again. Uh, we'll play Wolves again. So, you know, those are games that you, you absolutely have to pick up points in and then hope for, you know, hopefully we play Arsenal and they start shitting themselves. Yeah, but the thing is that even if, if we won all of the games that you just talked about, that only gets to 37. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah, that's that's if we win all of them, and we probably won't win all of them. Like, no, but yeah. the daft thing is, you look through and go, "Well, we've beaten Chelsea, we've beaten Wolves, you know, beaten Liverpool, and uh, we've beaten Bournemouth. Two of those oh, well, teams. Two of those teams. Well, I'm sorry, only one of those teams we've uh, we've got to play at home, but." Um, Hopefully Liverpool go shit again. Hopefully. And hopefully we don't. I say again, it's been a constant for a year and a half at this point. So, yeah, that will do us. I am... Jack. I'm I'm certainly not confident, but I'm feeling slightly better. I am A part of this might be me just talking myself into Grassi as an appointment because I need it to work. But I needed Marsh to work and I never was able to talk myself into that being a good idea. So I'd like to think it's more than that. Uh, but yeah, that will do us. We will be back probably after the Southampton game. And that could well turn into just us talking about, well, be, you can get tickets for away games and stuff like that in the Championship. It'll be easy enough. A podcast filled with despair. As opposed to this, which has been... I mean, we can tell that we're both knackered. <laughs> you can tell we're this, both absolutely exhausted. It's been a podcast filled with slightly less despair. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that'll do us. So, fear? Uh, no. I'm... Less fear? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, so that'll do us. I've been Jack, see you. I mean, Casey, have a good one. <laughs>